0: at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. GPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV Damper. With better control and handling with an upgraded vein and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com, or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talks
1: It brings me great pleasure to bring one of the funniest men I know on the planet. Tim Shellman, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm wonderful. How, I mean, how to not have a great day being the funniest people that you know. <laughs> it's awesome. um, welcome back to ATV Talk. Um, since the last time you were on, we changed our name and it's now ATV Talk, a motorsports podcast. You and I have had some conversations about that and I'm yeah. going to just tell everybody right now up front, um, Tim gave me probably the best advice anybody has ever given me. Um, it was harsh. It was um, a little on the mean side, but it was perfect. Um, he told it's, me, only cause I, it's only because it's only because I love you. I but you know what? It, it, it was it was what I needed to hear. He asked me if I had fun doing this, and, and I and I said, Well, yeah, I love what I do. You know, this is the greatest thing ever. And um, he said, Then why don't you smile? I just, I was bored. <laughs> what know? the hell, man? Yeah, you know, Like, why would you not smile? Like, this is great stuff. This is so much fun. The people that you get to talk to are the most interesting people on the planet. And they come from so many walks of life. And what you're doing is, yes, it's hard work. And yes, you're an intense dude because you take what you do very, very seriously. But it's freaking fun. I mean... You're not making billions of dollars off of this. If you were, you would have that face that you have right now. It's just like, "Mm. (laughs) how can I break this down and make more billions off of this? No, that's not what we're doing. What we're doing is we're promoting other people, right? That's the fun part about it is that, um, I, my dad always taught me I'm the dumbest guy in the room. When you show up, you don't know crap. You, You talk to other people, and you analyze and listen. So you ask a question and shut the hell up. And at the age of, I don't know, five, six, when he was starting to tell me, and then at the age of 16, 17, when he was still telling me, and of course, my, you know, I'm a dumbass kid. I don't know anything. Um, But then finally, the older I got, the more I realized how dumb I was. <laughs> Isn't it amazing when you wake up and go, wow, I don't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. I like literally the, my dad had so many different one liners and one of them was the older you get, the more you know, you don't know. Exactly. Your, your, your knowledge pool is super deep, but only in the shallow end. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, because there's so much more. I mean, you haven't even dropped off into the abyss yet with all the things that you could know. You know, I mean, it's, it, it's crazy. It's like people tell me oh, you, 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 know, everything about ATVs. You've seen everything. No, I see new things every day and I hear new stories every day from, you know, the craziest things with two strokes and some of the four strokes. I and mean, it's just, it's phenomenal the, the things that people do to their poor ATV. Well, you know, I, I started out, I'll give you, a, I know you already know kind of my backstory, but I mean, I started out on a Banshee, which is the most terrible race bike ever made. And well, it's kind of like a, a John Deere tractor with a LS swap. <laughs> <laughs> right Lenny I mean you being like the the most knowledgeable you know ATV mechanic I've ever known on the planet you you know you call me the funniest guy I call you the most knowledgeable guy you know you're both in trouble <laughs> well I, I know my grounds I don't I don't step amongst you know other people's you know professionalism I know where they are but that's how I kind of say what a you was. I was always the first dude over the first turn. I, I had that crap nailed. I had a whole shot until you had to exit the first turn because I was always over the backside. Um, and I didn't start till I was 30 years old, but I didn't start racing till I was 30. So, you know, talk about all these younger kids and so forth. I love to talk about them cuz fast forward I got to announce for these kids and I saw these kids coming up at the age of you know 5 years old, 6 years old racing on you know 90s coming up in the quad world and now in the ATV or in the side-by-side world now too I I literally talked to kids that are 4 years old Racing side by sides. I have a microphone in their face and they're telling me how they went into turn one and how they hit the brakes and turned and, you know, made the pass. They went outside in at four and five years old. Lenny. That's awesome. At four years old, I still couldn't figure out how to pick my own nose. <laughs> And these kids are driving carts and, you know, side-by-sides and also racing quads at that age. And being able to talk to me about it. I I don't know. The evolution is crazy. I mean, can we do a 36-hour podcast? You think people are trying out? (laughs) Uh Yeah, you may have to wake me up at some point. Okay, okay, yeah, we, We can just make this thing recording. It's plugged in, so it'll be all right perfect I'm plugged into i'm a hybrid what what got you behind a microphone uh, you know what that you know that's a funny funny question and and I thank you for asking me that um because i I have to check back on it too to make me think about why 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 did I get on a microphone um I always had a great uh, connection with the public. I always loved talking to the public. And <laughs> Harlan Foley Harlan Foley will always say you never met a uh, photographer you didn't like. <laughs> so <laughs> with that being said um, promotion. I always love promotion. Promotion, promotion. And then once I got to the point to where I wasn't I wasn't in the top five of the pro ATD class and I'll say 10. Okay. I'm overselling myself at five. So the top 10 of the pro ATD class, I was like, you know what? I don't want to be the top 20 guy anymore, but I still want to be involved, but I still love the people. So I was at a work race. Of course, works is where my big national kickoff was, um, an announcer didn't show up or wasn't performing well, and the at that time, uh, Sean Reddish said, "Hey, you're really good with the people. Why don't you try announcing?" Like, well, until the mic gets cut, let's see how this goes. <laughs> I'm sure there was. If they had a dump button on it, like they do radio, you know, nowadays, or you know, obviously podcasts, you kind of get it like a wide open spectrum. But it was it was fun, and I was like, wait a minute, this is my way to connect and give back. So, oh shoot, it was probably ten years ago, fifteen years, fifteen years. I'll say fifteen years ago. Many many gray hairs. How's that? Has it really been 15 years? Yeah. Yeah. It be, because it was just like a couple of days ago. It was a couple of days ago. Yeah. Both of us look like we should be living in the woods and having like animal pelts as clothes. Oh, really? look <laughs> Right. All the gray hair and <laughs> the rough, gruffy voices. Yeah. Yeah. I. I my, my first <laughs> works race in. in, in Two thousand and one, and it was uh yeah. Well, I mean, I I missed the nineteen, the, the twenty season. I went to one game. Wow. So, you know, as a as a caveat to this, I have to say that I am humbled. You know, me, Um probably one of the largest egos ever. <laughs> that I'm, I'm truly humbled. Be able to be talking to you, um, the guy that I look at in magazines, dirt wheels magazines, and three and four wheel off road magazines, and so forth. The infamous Duncan races. I was like, "Holy crap! Would it be?" It's like a. It would be a goal of mine to even be able to see these people, and Leonard Duncan's one of them. To, to be like next to you to walk next to their tent. Maybe you get a autograph. And lo and behold, years later, I'm sitting underneath of a Duncan racing tent, <laughs> sitting next to my idol, of course, Doug Eichner, um, racing for Duncan racing. I'm like, somebody's got to pinch me or, or will Smith me, you know, to <laughs> snap me out of this thing. That's a that's a bad reference to a good good joke. <laughs> <laughs> too soon? Is it too soon? That was only a couple of days ago. Uh no! Too relevant. He hasn't went to jail yet, so I'm I'm not happy. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's that's kind of the fun part for me is that you never know what's going to happen. I always put my head down and shake everybody's hand. And be humble, right? As an announcer, it's my job, as what you're doing now, to promote others. Yeah. Nobody really gives a crap about. It. I mean, that's 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 really the thing: is that it's not me, but it's my job to promote everybody else while I'm on the microphone, right? Because they're doing the thing. It's not me doing the thing. I already know about the thing, and I've done the thing. But nobody gives a crap about me already doing the thing. Is to hear and now, and that's the neatest part for me now is that I get to do that. I get to do it for thousands of people, totally different personalities, all over the book. Um, we've had our conversations too, where you know, spreading out, you know, spreading out your program to so talking to different individ- individuals. Um, there's, uh, girl racers, which I love to promote because obviously Allie, who, you know, Allie, Allie was the youngest girl ever to qualify for the pro main in a works race. And we got to race, you know, daddy daughter. You know, if I saw her, I would have punted the crap out of her into the woods <laughs> <laughs> because, because I'm an asshole, <laughs> but I'm a racer too um but uh she did it and you know but it's the i love prom- promoting the woman's racers because it's typically a men's a man's sport right yeah. and, but yeah. um for those gals to come out and conquer and do that sport and look good doing it and project themselves well like, Alright, so you did it 10 times better than a guy did. Like 10 times better. So you're like way cooler than any other guy that I know. And it's, it's so easy for me to promote the women races. There's so many of them. There is. I mean, I could name a hundred of them off, but I want to clog up the whole podcast. Um, well, Not to interrupt, but on that note, when you talk about Corey Weller. Oh yeah. And she went from racing ATVs to driving UTVs to driving a Pro 4. Yes. And from the videos I watched, she drove it well. Yeah. No joke. Yeah. Like no joke. I mean, there's, there's, ton, there's tons of great ladies that I love promoting. So being an announcer, that is. One of the neatest spots for me now. I get to see all these ladies coming up and get to promote them, right? And um, some of them have a great, you know, presence as far as uh, being in public. You know, they have, you know, they have, uh, you know, great Instagram pages, tons of followers and so forth. But when you actually put them in public, they can deliver on the spot, which a lot of guys, there's a lot of guys can't. And you know, I've been deemed a knuckle dragger. You know, I <laughs> I come in and mouth breathe every once in a while, you know, when put on the spot, but some of these cows just like really, really do everything well. So being an announcer, I get to, I get to kind of like, Set them up for um, you know, like questions because I know enough about them because of what they've done and how they act, and so forth. Anyways, it's it's fantastic. So being an announcer part now is a great part of being from being the ATV pro racer. I mean, there's great personalities in ATV racing, but not to toot my own horn, they're never going to be announced. We're never going to be in front of seventy five hundred thousand people. One. right, right. I was uh, talking to my social media coach, which is Paula, and, and <laughs> she's she, smart know, girl. She's super smart. She got that. That's the only reason why there's a podcast, really. And we were talking about the difference between talking live groups versus video because i am deathly afraid of the video portion and and i just told her it's permanent this is oh. that mic and put me in front of a hundred thousand people all right let's do this i could talk all day long about ATB and racing and what, what do you want to talk about you know right and and let's let's just do this let's answer questions let's let's make it let's make it fun and have a great time and and she's the opposite and deathly afraid of the crowd I think the crowd's the easiest part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've been asked. So, when do you get nervous standing in front of people? I go when I have seven million people in front of me. That's when I'll get nervous. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. I'm still, I'm still pushing for it, but I haven't seen it yet seven people know who you are, seven million people know who you are, that'll be pretty amazing. You know what? And it's, I don't, I don't need to have that many people know who I am. I just, I hope that the only thing that they get out of it is that reach out to other people. People are great. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know. Nothing. I wanted to try to make this podcast without, me right it can't be done no it can't be done I mean you have to I mean obviously you have to input some of who you are I mean you've been an icon in the ATV racing world for decades and decades and decades so your name your your name's already been inked in the dirt how's that and how did you want me to send that check to you (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know what the you have to put a couple more stamps on it because it changed was in the envelope. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, you know what? Th- this is the thing, though, Tim. I don't see me as a, as that guy, and I'm just a guy that loves the ATV industry, and I've been blessed to go do some pretty cool things, and I've yeah. got to meet amazing people along the way and work with very very talented writers. Men and women and the specialty part of it is the people and and that's where the podcast comes into play i I wanted everybody's story to be told because it breaks my heart that there are young people that don't know the history the history yeah, yeah, and I'm thankful that you're so this is where you are part of kind of like what I do, I'm doing it live, typically, you know, on stage in front of, you know, thousands of people. You know, we're doing it recorded and you get to ask questions, but it's still the same thing. It is. And yours, yours is going to reach out, you know, amongst thousands and thousands of people as well. But it's the same damn thing. I I feed off of I feed off of the public interaction, right? Right. You know, if I can sit in front of some, you know, one person and get a great conversation. If I sit in front of ten thousand people, I get a little different conversation. If I sit in front of fifty thousand people, I get a completely different conversation. Um, is it a charge for me? Hell yes, it. Is. Yeah, I mean, like, if you like being in front of that many people and Controlling, well, basically being the monkey with the, uh, you know, with the little drum in front of 75,000 people, you know, trying to entertain all these people and keep the whole thing going. You know, not over 10 minutes, but over five hours is right. pretty cool. <laughs> it, it's actually very cool. Do you have anybody in your ear? Um, you wanna know the person that's in my ear? Yeah. Which is which is probably the uh the best coach you could ever have is Maria. So I have my wife in my ear. So I have a you know, I have a a radio set up with an earpiece and then I have Maria in my ear. You know, feeding me little tidbits of information and so forth. She's my quote unquote production unit. Well she's Phenomenal because she knows so many of these people as well and has been around the racing and seen it from inside the trailer to outside the trailer to behind the scenes in the promotion, you know, and that's um, phenomenal. She was always super knowledgeable when we were at works and you had an issue, you'd go to her and she'd solve it. Well, she could tell you F you and you'd leave with a smile on your face. She has that talent. More so than anybody else on the planet. I mean, like basically you come in with a problem and you know, you're all spun up because you're a racer. You know, you're, you know, you've hit your head 37 times in this course of the race and you come back and you're like, no, that wasn't me. And I was second and no dude, you're 37. And you know, she could tell you, no, that wasn't you and so forth. You're like, oh, thank you. That's how you leave. Thank you. Yep. Love you. Can I pre-sign up for the next race? <laughs> she has that talent. Literally that's, that's a daily conversation we have in this house it is like, Oh no, you did this. No, you didn't, but you love me. <laughs> yeah. Cool. See you later on today. Can I get you anything? <laughs> <laughs> like the toughest, toughest negotiator you ever. You ever talked it, you ever walked, you know, walked into. Let me ask you some behind the scenes questions and you can, you can talk us through it. So you're at the world championships, you know, and, uh, the drivers are coming through. It, she's feeding you stats. Is there other things that she's telling you, maybe to speed it up, slow it down? Lenny, that's a great question. You know, and, you're, you're a great great interview so um, I'm on stage and I have zero stats all I have is one earpiece of my ear because the other earpiece has given me like thousands of conversations that I don't need to have so I only have Maria in my ear and she's standing down loading the stage uh, for interviews because I interview absolutely everybody that finishes and it could be, you know, somebody that did just barely finish, you know, their, you know, 40th, 50th place or whatever. But she might have a little tidbit of information because she is, she's walking the lines as people come in and she has like all the information. Well, she has a uh, rider number or driver number, you know, like on a clipboard, but she like stuffs her head in the car and asks a little bit about what's going, you know, what's going on. Who is it? You know, you need a beer, you need to pee, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And then, and then she'll feed me info in wow. my ear. How do the parents feel about giving the five-year-old beer? Oh, well, well, not to be on record, we have never given any kids campaign <laughs> just <so you> know. <laughs> <laughs> i know you off a little there. <laughs> yeah, but the, so some of the kids, oh, the kids are fantastic because the kids are like, "Whoa, I just finished!" I, you know, and I almost put it on its lid, or I did put it on its lid, you know, ten times, or you know, whatever. But she'll give me she'll hit me with some info in my ear before the kids roll up on the stage. Such a vital, vital, vital person you know, in in the whole world. Most people don't have this put on put in place for uh for an event. I mean, this the world U T V World Championships is a very, very big production. Um and Maria is, uh, basically, she's the stage manager. So she she feeds me info on them, you know, like give me a little tidbit or something like that, or you know, like this, you know, this next girl coming up, her whole car's pink and she has breast cancer awareness thing, you know, uh, uh badge on the car, you know. Check this out. This is, this is a piece to talk upon. This is a piece to talk on, This is a piece of talk on. So it's, you know, I'm, I'm an idiot. You know, I just try to pick up on stuff that she sends me. She's the smartest person I know. I mean, by far, by far, I'm, I'm, I'm basically a talking head making funny statements is what <laughs> I <laughs> No, there's got to be some intelligence in there because you, you do a fantastic job. Of entertaining and and expressing it i i wanna i want to reach into your your bag of stories and maybe get into some heartfelt you know something that really touched you uh, yeah. the drivers or uh, well, drivers' families um during an event something that uh that would really bring the 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 lump in your throat. Holy crap. Really? You're gonna dig there? We're yeah, trying to keep we're, we're trying to keep this lighthearted, right? We're oh gonna, go, gonna go back. We're gonna go back. <laughs> okay. Cool. You're gonna have to r- round me back in. So, um Warfighter made is um a group of individuals that come that are all military based, that race um that are brought together by A group of individuals, but one particular gentleman by the name of Robert Blanton that I've become very good friends with and I have a ton of admiration for. um, He brings in a bunch of veterans or active duty military that um, get into the racing seat. It's basically, it's an out. A lot of people don't have an out these particular individuals really don't have an act because there is deeper for them. Um, so Warfighter Maid comes on scene, and I didn't know crap about crap until they showed up. So my dad, Marine Corps, Purple Heart, vet, I didn't mean for it to be so tough, brother. Well, God. well you you turned on it, Daily <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, so he, He's he's been he's died for he's he's been dead for a few years. Anyway, um but I have a strong connection to these folks. So Warfighter Maid comes on and I'm like, holy crap! I get to promote these people. Are you serious? Like, this is the highest stage I get to do this with. Robert Bland, very great speaker. It's like, very, very good in public and very confident. Um, there's one cat that I gravitate towards in this whole thing. His name's Timmy. Of all people, right? (laughs) So let me, let me go a little bit deeper and you're going to giggle a couple more times because Timmy's in a wheelchair. Okay. (laughs) I mean, you don't giggle about Tim being in a wheelchair, but this, this dude, Tim has the best outlook on life and has the, I don't know, the greatest outcome a weekend like this. He's a double amputee leg MVP, and he comes and races a side-by-side with hand controls. Now, mind you, if you race 200 miles in the desert race with a side-by-side with no legs and hand controls, you're a pretty tough son of a bitch. Oh, boy. Right, you—I mean, you and I don't know because we've never been. Right, you don't know what you don't know. But he has the greatest outlook on life, and a huge inspiration to many of us. So, you know, my big thing is—you know, like the 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 optics of what I do is like I have crazy socks when I'm on stage. Like, so you know, it it could be anything, any kind of crazy socks. As soon as I see Tim, Timmy, in you know, he's in a wheelchair he's, and his amputee legs are up to his hips, right? But he's got a huge goddamn smile on his face and he's shaped like a 55-gallon drum. I mean, this dude is, you don't want to wrestle him. You would never want to wrestle him. You're going you're gonna to get suffocated quick. Um, but he's always got a smile on his face and He's got the thickest skin of anyone I've ever met. I come up and I, I put my mic in his face and we're around, I don't know, probably 20, 30,000 people, you know, on Fremont Street in Las Vegas. Place is packed. I introduce him, you know, Kenny with Warfighter made, hand controlled, racing side by side, and I go, uh, what do you think of my new socks? What do you think of these great things? Don't you wish you? Oh. <laughs> and, then, and then he just starts laughing, right? He just starts laughing. He goes, you know what? I'm still taller than you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I love, I love this guy to the end of the earth. And of course, you know, we, we fling through back and forth. With each other, but Warfighter made is pr- pretty much like the, like the choke me up spot. Probably some of the greatest people you ever want to meet. Cause it's, there was a gal that came for her first time ever to Vegas. She's a, uh, enlisted Marine Corps gal and she came in and she did, uh, she raced in one of the military vehicles that did, um, I remember was one lap or two laps so it's 120 miles or or 200 miles in a military vehicle in the desert where these you know it's just an ungodly you know terrible terrible race force that just gets beat up poo, and the toughest individuals and the greatest equipped vehicles <laughs> finished well anyway this gal shows up to Las Vegas with war flatter made and she's uh 22 years old, Ring Corps tough chick, and then gets introduced to Long Island Ice Teas. <laughs> oh boy. Oh yeah, oh boy. So Robert set me up as far as like, hey, interview. here's a new gal, you need an interviewer. So I was like, perfect. Oh yeah, she, I mean, she looked like she went, went in the ring with Mike Tyson. <laughs> she was <loved. laughs> And you know what? Because she was a Marine Corps and and fast chick, she went and raced that race and finished it. And I saw her on I saw her on the state, and she had a blast. She had a blast. She's like, yeah, she was like, screw Vegas, this place sucks. (laughs) 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 Send me back to Iraq. (laughs) Are the are the big name guys in? UTV racing down to earth or are they floating on the clouds that they make behind their machine? Wow. That's a, you know what I'm, I'm going to stop it right there. That's a great freaking statement. That's a great statement. Um, but everybody, I'm going to actually steal that. Just, you know, I just put that, I wrote it down, like just put it in my pocket. I'm going to say that on stage. Um no. Wayne Matlock. So Wayne Matlock and his whole family. I mean, they've created a huge name for him. Super down to earth. Wonderful, wonderful interviews that I've done with that family. Just wonderful family. I and mean, they've done so much for the side by side community. Um, Brandon Sims. Brandon Sims, multi-time, you know, winner. Um, same cat, super humble, great to ch- great to chat with. Not standing up there pounding his chest, you know, being a dumbass. Um, probably the biggest thing that's ever happened in side by side racing, and this is my opinion. I mean, many people have their opinions. Um, probably the the biggest personality and. And greatest thing that's happened side by side racing is Dustin Jones. Um Dustin Jones travels all the way back from the southeast. Like he's a mud dude. Like literally he has catfish in his pockets. And he comes out and he comes out with crawfish in his teeth and he comes out and races desert. But most humble dude ever. So uh he brought out where he The lines cross kind of crazy when it comes to side-by-side stuff. ATV stuff is very singular because there's only so many idiots that will do what we've done, right? There's no cage around you. you pretty much hang yourself out. Ruts are stupid. Uneven takeoffs are dumb. Triples are like not even something you should talk about. But some of us idiots still do it. You know I'm talking from experience. Right. But then, but then you put a cage around somebody and then all of a sudden the world opens up to a bunch of different people. Um, some guy that's not afraid of getting hit in the face is Cowboy Cerrone. So like, <laughs> uh, like big time UFC champ comes out and raises, uh, races side by side. And that interview is cool as hell because he's humble. I look at him and he's got a big cauliflower ear. <laughs> Lenny, you know, if you walk into a room and you see somebody with an ear that looks like a big cob of cauliflower, you're pretty much going to go, eh, I'm not going to talk shit to that guy. Right. Right. Yeah. That's that's your first thing. Well, how do you not have a fanboy moment with that guy? Well, dude, I, I am, I am such a huge fan. I'd probably go and not even be able to talk. I mean, well, and that's, and that's where I try not to stumble. And yes, I am fanboy kind of stuff, but I also try to go, I'm promoting this guy in the side by side world. He already knows what he's done in, uh, you know, in the UFC world. This cat. Goes out. I can't make this crap up. I literally, I've, I'm not lying. He races, um, like a point, like a point to point, checkpoint, checkpoint, on a Harley. And this is in the last minute 400. So desert racing on a Harley. And I always explain he was on a Harley 883 sports. Okay, had knobby tires. Shocks were revalved. A Harley 883 Sportster, right? In um, 883, a, this an effect of getting hit in the face too many times. Yeah, this is called concussion. Concussions does this to somebody. Ask oh, Travis Persona. Okay. I've talked to him a couple times too. <laughs> He'll tell you you do dumb stuff. Anyway, a Harley 883 Sportster was made to go to the liquor store to go buy cigarettes. That's what that bike was designed for, and they raced it in the desert. And he was the part of it. And then he hopped, um, also, uh, on a, on a regular dirt bike and then also in a side by side and finished. So all in the same day, all in the same day. I'm, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Unbelievable. So it's a story where you bring him up on stage and I mean, you don't want to fill half an hour worth of space, you know, on the stage, but you got to talk about it. I mean, you got to bring it up, right? Right. Yes. Um, so many great personalities. Um, I got to interview Jay Leno. You know, Jay Leno, I'm a huge fan of Jay Leno raced the Mint 400 in a, uh, in a Toyota. Um, had it was semi-modified, and he raced it. And I got to interview him too. Um, I there's so many fanboy moments being a being an announcer, where I get to talk to so many people that have done way cooler craft than I've ever done, and I get to chat with them. Um. Oh, who else? Shoot. Um, the voice of the UFC. That was probably one of the craziest things I've ever got to bring up on stage. And, you know, me being just the official voice of the Mint 400 or the official voice of the t v World Championships, um, which I'm very humbled for. You know, I, I'm an idiot. I don't even know why they even, even like came close to giving me that name. Um, Bruce Buffer. So Bruce oh. uh, Buffer. Yeah, Bruce Buffer is the official voice of the UFC. And this hat is larger than life and in the craziest suits you've ever seen. I mean, it is like, you know, purple, purple suit. And he's, you know, to me, he's like seven foot 19. <laughs> you know, I'm four foot three standing next to him. And I got to introduce him, you know, to the public. You know, bring him in and then I got to do a couple spots with him, but it's, um, so many great names over so many great years. I, I mean, there'd be hours of me being able to try to identify why I, why was I even in the room with these cats? Why, why, why bring me in? Why, it's like, I don't, why me, why am I even standing next to this guy? But let me ask you, let me ask, I'm gonna I'm gonna change directions on you. Okay, so you've come through the work series, and you've gotten involved with the motorcycle and the ATV side there, and Mm -hmm. you've seen some professionals and in ATVs and in motorcycles. And do you think that the desert crowd is more of the um, blue collar working working people? Um, I know that some of the people you named are, are iconic figures in their industry. So they're not that, but, but on average, you know, you have people that are just really down to earth and, you know, salt of the earth type, you know, that are working their way through racing and, and their jobs. And you know, is that a feel that you get from the UTV crowd? Oh, hell yeah. I mean, <clears throat> there's a lot of business owners that are part of the utv racing crowd um but if you race a utv you can't do it by yourself so there's a there's a bunch of people that help you right so um because those things break all the time i mean it it is it's inevitable that they break um blue collar hell yeah all of it, hardworking people, because you don't, you can't go up to a pit stop and have a whole bunch of people standing around you and tweeting about how cool this race is and your crap goes back out on the road, right? You have to have a bunch of hardworking people that appreciate what it takes, like hard work and Results, you know, you you got to give what you get. Ninety nine times out of a hundred, when I'm walking around interviewing people, I shake their hand. My dad always taught me to shake, you know, look somebody in the eye and shake their hand when you're talking to them. And they always have like meat mittens. What my dad always said, they have big fat hands, and because they've been working with their hands, and they know how things work, and then they And he always said they make shit happen. Gotta make it happen. Right? Right. Do what you do to make shit happen. And yes, that is, that is a 99% of the people that I see. Yes, there's people that come in that have a lot of money that, you know, get to, you know, fly in, fly out, do that kind of thing. But the bulk of it, hell no. No, it's all great, like hard work and honest people. I mean, that's, that's my background. Are the promoters? come from the, the 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 dirt side of it? Yes. So funny enough, the promoters come from more dirty of the background than most people know. The promoters come from Detroit. Yeah. Like, yeah, like scars on their faces and gunshot wounds and knife wounds and that kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But have always loved off-road racing and then got, got out to the, got out to the west coast and understand and love the off-road, the whole off-road culture. I mean, these, these, these people that we've become very, very close friends with and I will always speak highly of them. Uh, they love it. They absolutely love it. And, they're they're hard individuals they've seen some dumb stuff more than you know my little sheltered life I'll say <laughs> right right i I understand that i mean we've 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 been blessed we've lived in we've lived sheltered lives from a lot of the things out there that go on in the world you know i mean you, you grow up in a race family or a but it's an off-road family like I did and that's all we did. You know? So what's funny is I didn't. I grew up in a golf family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you laugh now, son of a bitch, right? You don't know, you don't know hell until you <laughs> to grow up in a golf family. You can't even get a golf ball. <laughs> right? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I'll give you so, a, a, what I was, what I'll i give you a, I'll say the say line, I mean, so, Go ahead. Is that, The people in off-roading, whether it be ATVs, motorcycles, or UTVs, trucks, they're a special breed. Totally. Totally. If, if you race one, you need to know how to work on one. You just don't, you just, you're just, you're not a check rider. You know, a check rider just doesn't show up and do the thing and then hangs around for years. Right. They do a check right thing, check it off the box and you split. Right. Um, these, these people are like, they take their last paycheck and put it into say a set of brakes or maybe tie rod end or something like that, just to make it to the next race because that's the, the thing that the whole family does. Like we're all going to go. I mean, my van. Has 375,000 miles on. Allie learned how to drive in that van traveling from Seattle to Havasu, Seattle to Glen Helen, Seattle to Phoenix. She spent many, many hours in that seat driving back and forth. And when she got there, she understood that this was like, this is a great family to be with. The doors opened up on the van, you know, at the age of six, seven years old, which she was, she'd hit the parking lot and like, Hey, just come back when you're, you know, when you're, when you're ready for your race, you know, the race is at one o'clock, whatever. And it was like 1248. (laughs) <laughs> she'd show up we'd throw in her gear and throw up to the line but that was yeah that's it was the it's always a thing everybody everybody helps everybody out nobody ever loses in the Right. with that family everybody's got a bunch of hearts to throw at something like no you're going to go out there and if you're going to lose it's because you're a loser and you crash the shit out of that thing <laughs> it's not because it broke in the pit. Right. that's that's the, the, that's what I love about the desert racing other than if you're if you're the the mechanic or the pit guy or the crew chief or whatever it is and you're waiting and waiting. Yes. Yeah, tons of time. So works was way different. So I'm fairly new to the to the desert racing thing. Right? So what works was always you could see somebody within we'll say lap times worth are within I don't know eight minutes, ten minutes. Right? So that was a lap time. So you'd see or moto, so I was doing Moto, so you'd see everybody within like a minute, minute twenty, right? You're not gonna if you hit Moto, you're done. Right. So you might as well just quit. Well, nobody quits. We always crashed out. I mean, I was, well, I'll just say I always crashed out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the desert racing thing is, is fairly new to me. Um, as far as like the whole time schedule, I mean, somebody goes out on the lap and it's a hundred and twenty mile lap. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be back for a while. Not going to be back for a while. So now my dumbass as an announcer, I have to basically keep everybody entertained for that time to see them get. It. So you have, uh, tracks, you, you are they're, they're tracking them with where they're at. Yes. They're getting some feedback of who's leading and how it's going with this or that. Correct. So there's live feed and there's a bunch of great. Entertainers, well, that are taking care of that too. There's, uh, Bob Bowers, who's been there for, um, he said, he, one of his great lines is he, he was racing, uh, and chasing saber tooth tigers. That's <laughs> how long he's been racing. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. He and, I was teasing my dad said, dad, were you there when they trucked dirt in? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, my thing is, is like when I have like the plus 50 class, when they come in, one of my I don't know if they dig it, but one of my lines that I typically give them is like I have first, second, and third of the plus 50 class. I was like, wow, I've seen younger faces on cat, <laughs> 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 but I'm over 50, so I can say that. <laughs> Yeah, you can get away with it, right? I can totally get away with it. Yeah. And, they, and they, nobody hits the shortest guy in the room because I they just make you an asshole. <laughs> 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 you got me on that one. I'm going to remember that. Unfortunately, uh, I've not been the shortest guy in the room very often. Yeah, you know what? I can use that and I run with it. Just, just oh, you know, that's awesome, Lenny. I have such a great time chatting with you, man, and like tons of respect to you. You know that, and for the off-road community too. Um, I'm humbled to be able to speak with and about the people that have changed my life dramatically. Um, opened me up to a whole new world of what I've never been able to. do believe what I can do and accomplish what I've done now. Um, I'm truly thankful. We're just getting started, brother. (laughs) Yep, just getting started. The team here at ATV
0: Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at atvtalkpodcast.com.